ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. Yo, 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 people, how's it going? Hope you're all doing well, wherever you are in the world. This week on the podcast, I bring to you an episode of Observing My Thoughts. This one is the Q&A from all the questions, all the amazing questions that you guys sent all over to me. If you have any questions for future episodes of Observing My Thoughts, because I'm going to do, I definitely think I'm going to do some more of these episodes of Observing My Thoughts, which are sort of Q&A style from questions from you all. So if you have any questions that you want to send over, please send them over via my Instagram page, which is I am Dan Harrison or the Ascend podcast Facebook page, or through the Ascend podcast website contact page. And there's many other ways I'm sure you will find if you want to send over a question. If you can, check out the one-off donation option or the Patreon page. It really goes a long way and really supports something positive in this world. So anyway, I love you all and enjoy this podcast. everyone how's it going hope you're all doing well wherever you are in the world this week on the podcast i bring you an episode of observing my thoughts so i spoke about this on a few occasions that i was going to do an episode of observing my thoughts where i basically ask question get questions from you guys and you and i answer and work through and try and do my best to answer as many questions as i can so i put this out a few weeks ago and you guys sent over some really awesome questions i have them all laid out in front of us and I'm going to just go through them all and just do my best to answer them for you. I'd be, I'm really sorry if I don't get a touch on all your guys' questions. I will eventually, at one point in time, will get to go through them. I'm going to do many more of these episodes of Observing My Thoughts, Q&A styles, because the response from you guys was really awesome. The questions were very intelligent and, and really cool as well. And it really does, every single time I interact with all you guys, it really makes me... It proves to me again and again and again how awesome this community really is. So like I said, there are some really awesome questions. I will eventually get through, I will eventually attack more questions in the future, even if it takes me till the age of 100 and I'm in a Zimmer frame. At least I'll be more wise by the time I get to them anyway. So even if it takes us 10 years, I will get to them. <laughs> so anyway, the first question that I want to attack is by by Ellen DeCosta. She asks a question, what would the perfect world be like? Sort of like a utopia. So this is a really interesting one. So amongst this question as well, she also asked five questions within this. 
She said, how can we give everyone freedom but not let it encroach on other people's happiness? How do we teach a new normal way of living that is caring and compassionate? How do we deal with the current people who want to keep things as they are? And how can we keep people motivated to be good and work hard on, th- hard on the right things? What would be the goal of the planet? So as you can tell, this is this is really a big question. And this is one that can be attacked from many different perspectives. And also as well, your version of utopia is going to be different from my version of utopia, which it should be. We all have different perspectives and there is many different truths in life. So to attack this question, I could break it down and attack it from an economical point of view, how, how I would like to see the system go from a societal system, a societal perspective, from a psychological, from a spiritual perspective. There's many different areas and I, I won't be able to give enough time in this observe my thoughts to sort of to dive fully into it. So what I'm going to do for this question, I'm going to give an overarching um, perspective. So what I feel that feel that the world needs to work towards is that we actually just have to focus on the things on the world and the utopia that we want to create within ourselves. I think first and foremost, you always have to focus on what you on yourself first and then eventually from that position you will create the wider perspective around you. And I really do feel that that where energy goes, sorry, where attention goes, energy will start to flow. And there is a amazing quote as well and I actually wrote it down just to remind myself so I don't butcher it. But it says you cannot fight the existing system. You have to create a system that renders it obsolete so i will say that again you cannot fight the current system you have to create a new system or a new paradigm that renders the old system completely obsolete and i definitely feel that is what will happen when we start internally focusing on and choosing our battle that we want we want to change in the world that eventually the outer world and perspective will start to emerge you whether that battle for you is is combating censorship whether that battle for you is growing your own food, whether that battle for you is just helping the wider community around you. I think we what we have to do is, is that we have to follow our own internal guidance to the utopia that we want to create. Then from there, I think that the the whole general sense of a utopia will emerge from the people. And I think that is what is going on in the planet anyway. I know there is, we can see there's a lot of sort of like Ellen said in that question, the current people do want to hold things back and keep the system the way it is the same. But there will come a point within the system where where the people who want to keep it the same way will no longer be able to do that because the current the current paradigm will no longer serve the, the, the majority because you've got to remember that the people who want to keep it the same are the few and we are the majority. And if the majority of people are putting their attention into things that they want to see more of and putting their energy into positive things in the direction that they want to see on the planet. The system will no longer be able to support that and the system will um, naturally just blossom into to, into what the many, what the, what the masses want. So I do feel that, that 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 is how we create our utopia. We go on our own journey with inside of ourselves. And also, just to add to that as well, maybe try because I know many people probably don't do this, but even just try meditating on what your version of utopia would be, because manifestation is a powerful thing. 
science now is catching up and talking about how how this world is not is not as solid as we seem and how how thought interacts with our how how our thoughts interact with the environment with the physical world so try sitting with yourself meditating on what is the what is the the world that you want to see and start putting it out there and obviously not just manifesting it but start putting it into action like I say, we can always we can keep focusing on things that we want to change, but without action, it absolutely means nothing. So pick your battle wisely. That's all I'll say on that one, and create your own version of utopia. And everyone's version of utopia is going to be different. And just to add to that as well, I will say, add that there is a great book by a guy called Charles Einstein called um, Secret Economics. It's called. And that is a really great book that gets into the finer details of how a civilization can be cultivated from an economical, from a social, from a spiritual perspective. And that's a massive book that I've read that he really goes and talks into how we can start centralize, start central, stop centralizing information, and we can decentralize information so the communities can flourish. He talks about how how a new economical system can be uh, created, how healthy, how we can start working towards um, creating healthy ecosystems in relationships between us and nature, how we can start growing our own foods more efficiently and better instead of using pesticides and herbicides. So this is a massive conversation, as you can tell, but I would recommend checking out that book. It really is a great read. Um, So the next question is by a guy called David Slack. And he has a few questions, so I'll, these are quite short ones, so I'll, I'll dive in and answer these. Hopefully they're short anyway, of these long rants that I'll go on. But anyway, he says, how did you get in your spiritual journey? So for, for me, I've always been someone, just probably like yourselves, I've had a curious mind and I've always been interested in alternative topics and stuff. And um, when I was about 15 or 14 years old, might have been a bit younger, I was really curious about the universe and I was interested in are we alone and asking the question are we alone in the universe and I was looking into UFOs and I went down a rabbit hole of sort of looking into so many different videos about UFOs it eventually led me into looking into alternative history looking into the Egyptian cultures the Mayans and stuff like that and then one of my best friends he was interested in hip-hop and as you know hip-hop artists the ones who sort of speak a lot of truth there's a lot of sort of hidden messages within their songs and music, which you can learn a lot of information. So it was sort of a bleeding of my best friend and me came together. He I shared to him ancient history and how and showed him the perspective that we may, we may be a lot older than, than we have let believe and been here for a lot longer. And there's a lot more mysteries that the ancients did understand. I also showed him the perspective of maybe we're not alone in the universe. And he showed me the integration of sort of hip-hop, hip-hop artists talking about different concepts philosophies and stuff and then from there it obviously spanned into many other topics to everything i've spoke about with all the different guests on the podcast as i do now and still do but then if you're not if you haven't listened to a podcast i did a while ago called the kundalini awakening that was about maybe about six months ago now or five months ago i can't remember exact date but that was that was a great pivotal point in my journey another point of, of awakening so you can so you can say that 
maybe someone could maybe say that that the kundalini awakening was one of my awakening processes because that vastly did change my perspective and awareness how i see the world or you could just paint the perspective that from the date of birth from from when we are born on this planet we are always constantly awakening and i really do feel that i think that's what we're here for the from the second that we are born on this planet our awakening process does begin i think we're always constantly learning no matter what situation um we are in whether we see it like that or not i think we're always constantly molding and affecting our consciousnesses but I will definitely say that after that awakening process, that was a huge, through the Kundalini awakening that I had, that was a huge, massive um, boost into a, to into a sort of a new new state of mind or a new level. But I will say that I think we're always, we're always um, sort of, our awakening is always sort of, it is, it, always, it, is, it is always ongoing whether we sort of choose to see it or not. Next question, David asked, what's your morning routine? So I haven't really talked about this much on the podcast, but, um, but my morning routine is quite basic, to be honest. I I make sure that I get in, get, get in the sun and get some sunlight on my skin. I ground on the earth. I also do some form of movement, whether that's yoga or stretching. And I always do some sort of just sitting with my thoughts, being silent, meditation, whatever you want to call it, and also some breath work. I also now and again do this thing called intermittent fasting, where I don't eat food for just to basically I don't eat food until I till I feel like I'm hungry. So that could be from saying eight o'clock the previous night, eating the last meal, and go maybe sometimes going all the way till two p.m., three p.m., four p.m. the next day, depending on how I feel. I I I'm very I think that we have to be our own scientists for our own body and um, not one morning routine suits someone else, just like not one form of nutrition suits somebody or not one form of exercise suits someone else. I think we have to find our own path and de- develop our own develop our own intuition of what works for us and what doesn't. I think that's a beautiful thing. We're all different. Next question he asked, he, uh, David asked, he says, what is your favourite quote? So I'll just say a couple, I've got so many favourite quotes, but one of my favourite quotes says that man and woman take seriously what the gods made for fun. And I think that was by Alan Watts, and it really is such a profound one. And I really do think in life we do take so much stuff so seriously, and we forget to play at times. Another great quote is that a ship in harbour is not safe, but that a, sh- a ship in harbour is safe, but that is not what ships are built for. And just to add one more, another great quote that I really do live by this as well. It says that the man or the woman who is easy to serve swiftly finds peace. The more complicated we make ourselves, the more complicated is the idea of ourselves. And I really do believe that. I really believe that in life, there is basic things that we do need. We need shelter, family, community, love. And I read in some other things as well. But there is a few fundamental basics and everything else is just a bonus. And I do feel that at times we can complicate a lot of our lives and it can sort of prevent us from stepping in who we truly want to be and we overcomplicate our, our lives instead of just living um, living a more s- simple existence. And I really do feel that can cause a lot of problems when we do start um, becoming a needy human being and requiring too much for our existence. As you, as you know, from a psychological and a spiritual perspective. So this is another question. Uh, Joanne says, 
We are all working on different areas in our lives. What are you currently working on? So this is a really interesting one. So as Joanne said in that comment, yes, we are all working on different areas. You guys listen to these podcasts and conversations. You are obviously focusing. I know you have a general overarching theme being interested in many different conversations just like me, but you will be looking into different topics at one point more than you are another one. That's just a part of the journey. We go down one rabbit hole we find an interesting topic, it spices our mind up, then we find another one, we talk about this, we look into flat earth, we look into UFOs, we end up going all over the place and that's the beauty of life, we can look anywhere we want and that's why I think it's important that freedom of speech um, should be allowed because part of the human mind is just to go wherever it wants and that's what it wants to do. So one of the areas that I'm actually working on at the moment um, in my own life is and I've been working towards this for quite a while now, is that I've been actually slowly, slowly and more and more starting to simplify my life, just like I said in that quote. And I'm working towards doing a lot more traveling. I really want to to take the podcast on the road and meet really inspiring people. Who knows where I'll get up to, maybe meet some Buddhist teachers or yogis who live in caves. <laughs> God knows where I'll get up to. Um... But that's what I want to do anyway, so that is what I'm working on, just to give you a little bit of insight into that. Another question, Joanne also asked this other question, which I thought was good to touch on. She said, tips for feeling down. So so Joanne asked the question, any tips for when you're feeling down? So first of all, I can give some tips for when you're feeling down. You Obviously, if you are feeling down, you can try things like cold showers are really good. I really find that amazing. Also, just getting out in nature is a great way to to sort of change your mind. Something really does happen to your mind, in my opinion, when we are in nature. And I was also researching this great topic the other day, talking about how how trees actually, when you are when you go in a forest, especially if it's an ancient forest, um, trees can actually give off these pheromones, which is really interesting. I went down that rabbit hole the other night. But there is definitely something anyway that happens to your mind and your body when you are immersed in nature, and that can affect your state of being. So there is many different practices I could mention, but I will just also add to that is that if you are feeling down, I think we have to honour feeling down. I think in life, society portrays this idea to us that that there is only one, there's, there's only one, there's only one state um, that we need to be in, and I think that we have to honour the energetic signatures of all of our emotions and all our feelings. May may that be good or bad, and I just really think that is that is that is really. Um, important is um is the people that we honor all our emotions anyway so another question this was a question by someone called jojo she said out of all the people you've interview- interviewed who's who's blown your mind the most so this is really interesting because you guys know that i've spoke to many great minds tom campbell anthony peak uh david ike and many others as well and you guys might be probably associating sometimes that that when I have these conversations that my mind is constantly being, being blown and I'm not saying it's not but even before I do these conversations I'm constantly researching so the more I've gone down my path it's actually a lot I'm, I'm always researching new topics so it's a lot harder for me to actually have my mind blown but the answer that I'm going to give here is might be is a bit of a different one and one of the most guests that has blown my mind was actually a, a guy called Tao Wimbush and it wasn't because of the information what he was telling you, telling us. 
It was more of how he was living his life because when I do these podcasts at times, I'm not only just sitting down and having a conversation with somebody, as you know, over Skype or something. I'm actually stepping into their world and seeing their full embodiment of how they live their lives. And just for me, Tao was somebody who was who was actually living an action, actionable life because I think in many times we can, there is many people out there who can speak about how we need to change the world and, or how we need to change our lives or or how or whatever that we may be talking about but there is also people who are are not just speaking their truth but they are living their truth and, and for me he was somebody who completely oozed that feeling of he is somebody who who knows who he is uh, he knows the direction that he wants to do and not only that he is actually taking complete action and um he was, in my opinion, he, he he was living a life of abundance. He was growing his own food. He was um, one with the land, and he basically just knew he knew who he was. And it was just such a um, that was one of the most convers- most inspiring conversations that I actually had. Where I walked away and I just thought, Jesus Christ, this is a man who who really who really do- is living life to the full. But also as well, just to add to that, there was another conversation that I did. Um, just to give another different answer of another guest who blew my mind. And you guys may have not watched this episode. This was the one that I did in the early days when I used to do the podcast with Chris. And we went to meet this guy called um, Tony Giles. And he is a guy, a blind guy who was traveling the world. He's visited something like 150 countries, which is absolutely crazy. And he is solo traveling the world. Um, he's solo traveling the world and he's blind and partially deaf as well. And we did a podcast with him and I can remember sometimes when I do these conversations on the on the drive home or something because as I'm traveling around, sometimes these drives are really long to do these conversations. You guys sometimes don't get to see all that. I'm driving around sometimes 18 hours, 19 hours or something and it takes a lot out of you, it really does. And um, the drive on the way back can, can be really brutal at times, it really can. Got to listen to a lot of, um, a lot of music and a lot of podcasts to get through it, that's for sure. But um, on the way home on this occasion after interviewing Tony Giles, I can just remember how that drive was the most easiest drive I've ever, I've ever done throughout all the history of the podcast. I was just driving home and I was just thinking in my head, I can actually see the road. And it's just like small circumstances of appreciation that of interactions like that. To re- We really do take for granted some of the things that we do have in our life and, and the gratitude for what is good in our life. And maybe, and just an interaction like that, it really does just give you that little reminder, like, what are you moaning about? Shut your mind. What are you moaning about? So I hope you like that anyway. So another question, this is by Tanel Lewis. She says, how does changing beliefs impact your relationships with others in your life, friends slash family? And she said, do you ever have to deal with judgment from others in your life? If so, how do you deal with it? So this is a really interesting one, and this is one that I have I'm still working through, and I've, and I obviously over the years as I've developed, been developing myself and developing my mind, I've obviously met a lot of sort of um, met a lot of sort of what's the word I'm looking for. I've come face to face with obviously a lot of um, tension from family members, or even relationships, um, friends and family, because when you are when you are evolving and growing yourself, I really do feel that you're not only changing your own story, but you start changing the story of the perception that your friends have in their mind. 
and this can be met with a lot of sort of with a lot of tension and it really is hard to find your way through this i mean i am still trying to find my way through this me and my best friend were talking about this the other day about how it is really hard to find a community of people who who are on the same frequency as you and want to talk about the same conversations and that is one of the reasons why i love this podcast because it feels like no matter what i'm doing in the world or no matter what you're doing in the world if you're in your job or something we just come together for this one moment where you can listen in to this have this weird connection that's going on where i'm looking at this camera or i'm just talking in this microphone and whatever you may be doing while you're watching or listening to this for a brief moment in time you can sort of step into into sort of this this community which i'm trying to create like a, a sort of a, a collective mind if you want to call it that where we can just put everything down put everything aside and just dive deep down the rabbit hole and dive in and do what we we really sort of what we really want to do in our hearts and what feels good so i do feel that we i think we no matter what stage we are in our life i think we are always going to sort of have challenges with with um challenges with people around us it's like i said i have lost friends because of it i've lost um i've lost relationships and stuff and it's something that in the future i may i may lose more relationships with people around us and that's just to be honest i'm in a position where i've just i've just accept i accept who i truly am and i've just got to stay true to my journey and it's not about obviously hurting people around you but we have to realize that this existence really is it really is at a blink it goes at a blink of a blink of an eye and I don't want to be, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to be on my deathbed in, say, hopefully 500 years time <laughs> and turn around and say that I did something for, because someone else didn't want us to do something. So that's all I'm going to say on that anyway. Oh, I'm just going through these questions. I've just computer's going wild what the hell is going on this is the hackers my computer here i'm re- trying to read the questions and the questions just going crazy i think the the luminati know that i'm talking about these questions and expanding your minds <laughs> so that's fucking up my computer so anyway the next question is Oh, so this was a very similar question. Actually, I wanted to I put with this question because it was one by a, um, a girl called Bronte Matthews, and she and it was in very relation to that question I just asked there. She said, ha, "She said, yeah, she said she had to take a break um, from sort of looking into alternative topics and um, researching and stuff because so she actually could function in normal normal reality." She said, "At times, it gets a bit lonely, just like I spoke about before, and." And she said it at times she gets a bit lonely because when she looks around in her, her sort of her life, a lot of people are sort of preoccupied with the mundane and stuff. And I really do and I, I really do feel that like I said prior, I, I also do feel that and I still work through that when, when you're expanding your mind looking at big topics and other friends aren't around you. But I think just to add a little bit more to that, is I think what we need to do is it's not about turning our back completely on our friends, even though that we do have to stay true to our friend to, our, to who we are. Maybe we do have to lose our friends, but 
as your journey is still growing and emerging, we have to realize that that's that our bigger bigger wider perspective of the bigger knowledge and, and the things that we learn and can affect how we look at the mundane because in my life I always had this the other day and it's the more that I do expand my mind the more I actually realize that the mundane aspects that we associate with life and the things that we, we sometimes we don't feel like we want to do sometimes actually are beautiful moments if we see them as beautiful moments like I feel that sometimes we put things within the human experience in boxes like we say that this experience is spiritual and this experience is not spiritual and I really do feel and I like the quote actually where it says we're not um, human beings having a spiritual experience we are spiritual beings having a human experience and I really do feel that that every moment is a spiritual experience we just have to change the context in our mind of how we see it so I would say it Try to see the mundane stuff that you you maybe you don't want to do. Try and find the beauty in that and realize that it is just a part of the journey and part of the game. And sometimes as well, the way I like to say it is sometimes the mundane things can actually be some of the, the greatest teachers. I ha- actually had to just to tell a bit of a story. I, I did these podcasts in London and I think I did 12 podcasts in a weekend, which was mind-blown. Spoke to some people from neuroscientists to minds of consciousness um, a neuroscientist on mindfulness and stuff some big topics anyway and my mind was stretched all over the place and I did learn a lot of information but anyway on the way home on the train back from London there was a little kid who walked down the carriageway and he was playing on his Nintendo gamepad I think it was or DS I'm not up with this up with these games anymore now I used to be and um, this guy this young kid looked looked and turned to us and sort of smiled at us and I smiled back at him and he said, do you want to play on my game with us? So I said, yeah, yeah, cool, go on. So he sat beside us on the train and he was playing on his game. And we were just sort of, mess- I was just messing on with him on this game. Really cool kid. He was only about seven years old or something. And um, it was just something about that experience. So I'd done all them podcasts and had my mind blown. But I really felt after do after that, in- that interaction with a few hours on the train with the kid, that I actually learned more from that kid than I did from doing all these um, whole podcasts that I did on that weekend. And I don't know what it was. It was just something that, it was just the childlike mind and the playfulness of this of this child and how he was willing to just sort of walk past me on the train and smile and sit beside us, a stranger who he'd never met. And it was just something so prof- profound about that little bit of an experience. And also his parents as well let him sit beside us that that sometimes it's it's the little moments in life that do give you the most profound knowledge. I'm not saying you can't listen to a podcast and it um, changes your whole perspective in life, but we have to keep an eye out for the small things because sometimes the smallest things that do come along are actually the biggest lessons. So I hope you like that anyway. So this is um, a question by, I think this is how you pronounce the name, Nora Tuna. I hope that's right. Right. But Nora asked the question, do you subscribe to the idea that we have been in this existence before? And if so, why do you think that we don't remember everything that we've done previously and where that was? And when our human body dies, do we go back there to check to check it, then back, back here again? So this is obviously the multi-million dollar question, which I'm not going to turn around now and say, this is the answer. I've got the answer. <laughs> Because I don't think anyone's got this answer, to be honest. 
Um, maybe one day we will have this answer, but at the minute I don't feel that anyone has got this answer. We can just speculate. But even even the concept of obviously the Buddhists, Buddhist traditions and many traditions around the world, this is obviously what we can only go off. They spoke about how they did believe in reincarnation and they believed that 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 there's a there's a there's a there's a cycle nature to this to this place and what we're in and only when we live out the perfect life only until we live out the perfect life if we don't if we if we if there is things that we need to work on like traumas and things that we need to improve on we will keep emerging ourselves back into the game and that is obviously also a concept that I that Anthony Peak spoke about in a few episodes ago he calls it the Damien that we have this sort of higher self within inside of ourselves that is trying to make us live out the perfect life and only until we live it out, then we don't have to come back. But there's also the question as well that to combat that, that I thought about what Alan Watts says and he says if we were gods and we could create a reality and we could do anything we wanted to do, we would sort of live out all the different experiences. We would 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 have sex with everyone we wanted to have sex with. We would ride the dinosaurs, we would do anything, play out all of our ultimate fantasies basically. But then eventually that would become boring. So then eventually we would get take more and more risks and we would put ourselves in something where we didn't quite know what was going to happen. Then he says eventually we'd put ourselves exactly where we are now. And I really do feel that at times we are sort of gods with amnesia. I know that's a sort of a, a big term. But I, or you can use the word consciousness or change that to universe, whatever you want to use. But I really do feel that we are sort of, we are creator gods. And the more that I go down my journey, I do feel that we are constantly sort of these powerful beings that have put ourselves in the greatest game of all times to to play a game with on to play a game on ourselves. Like there's a famous quote that says that the universe is just constantly playing a game with itself, and that is what it's doing for its own evolution of consciousness. And I do feel at times that's what this place is. I mean, at times, I just can't help but just laugh at some of the some of the craziness that goes on in this world. I mean, that's I think that's the beauty. And sometimes the more that you do, the more that you feel like you are on the right path, the more you actually start laughing at things that in the past would have been so challenging. I mean, I think in our lives we 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 go through different periods where certain circumstances can really be challenging for us. But as we, I feel like as you get older and older and older and more wiser, you just start laughing at stuff, you know? Like I find myself in certain circumstances which in the past would have been challenging and I just start laughing my head off. And uh, I do I do find that the secret is to sort of, to not take this ride so seriously. But who knows, like who knows, maybe we, maybe we, maybe we do come back, maybe we don't come back. That is a million dollar question in my heart. Through my research, I feel it could definitely be a possibility. We could definitely... Some of the experiences that I've had where I've had these mind-blowing experiences where I've seen myself and other people. And at times, maybe we are already living out... We are all simultaneously one consciousness living out multiple lives. Like Bill Hicks says, we are one consciousness experiencing the world subjectively. Maybe we are doing that, but maybe we also have individual consciousnesses and we do have to come back to the ride again and live out every single other lives to to build up our character and build up our consciousness who fucking knows <laughs> good question though so this is a question this is another nature of reality question these questions are really cool they're going all over the place i love that not just one format going all over 
and this is a question by Dan Anello. He says, why do you think we don't lucid dream every night? Sometimes I feel like my dream characters don't want me to know it's a dream and trick me into thinking it's real life and other times they've helped me become lucid. So first of all, I'll tackle the first question. Why do you think we don't lucid dream every night? First of all, because I think we need to fucking sleep at night. That's for sure, because there's times when I've had a lucid dream where it feels like I haven't, I've never had a wink of sleep and I wake up completely exhausted <laughs> when I've been talking to all these dream figures and, and challenging them on on the biggest questions of the nature of reality. But, um, and it also at times as well, just to add, add to that, uh, maybe as well just to add that something that I've, I've come to conclusion why we don't lucid dream every night is because I do think that for me lucid dreaming is like a school it really is at night. Every night we go to sleep and it is like a school. And maybe we don't get lucid dream every night because we haven't integrated the lessons from the last dream. And I found at times that I won't lucid dream again until I've integrated something in the physical world that needs to be worked on. Like Carl Jung always said, he wrote a book called Dream Interpretation, which is a really good book. And he speaks about how the dream world is all... Uh, well, not all, he said 90, 90.9%, he said was from our subconscious mind and the the dream world was just a physical rep- representation of things that we aren't working on or not processing or not seeing from our physical lives and when we do dream at night we have to um confront come face to face with them work on them and then bring that back into the physical world and work on it so maybe that's a reason why we don't get a lucid dream every night because we haven't integrated the lessons that we need to learn also as well about the dream figures, that's really interesting because I've had a few dreams where I've dream figures have tried to sort of make me become lucid. It's a very common occurrence that dream figures will have a trickster aspect and will try and make you become lucid. I don't know what they're doing. Who, who knows Who knows what's, what's going on there? And obviously there is other times where I've had met dream figures within lucid dreams and um, they've sort of been telling us why am, I, what am I, why am I asking that question or what am I doing? And there's also occurrences where, for example, where a dream figure will sort of constantly shock you in the moment or something. For Like, for example, I remember Robert Wagner told a story where he said that he was flying above all these sort of dream figures and he was knocking the hats off of all the dream figures. And um, one of the dream figures pulled him down, <laughs> which is really funny. So so who knows, there's, there's, a, there's a lot going on there. And I will add a little bit of an extra story. I remember, just to add about the dream figures, I spoke when I spoke to Robert Wagner when we'd done the dream podcast about six months ago, I think it was now. He told me this story off the podcast. Um, so I hope he doesn't mind this telling this. But he said one of the theories that he has for the dream figures is that they, they possibly could be sort of shamans or spiritual masters of the past who have sort of who sort of worked on their craft of astral projecting or lucid dreaming and then when they were at the point of death they actually before they were their physical bodies were going to die they astral projected or lucid dreamed into um into the lucid dream realm or the astral world which is a really wild uh, theory it's not my theory that is robert wagner's what he says because there is times when you have a lucid dream or you astral project whatever it may be and you do come across some very interesting characters that's for sure and we can say that they are just a part of the subconscious mind which they definitely could be but at times as well you just think like there's no way i know that knowledge <laughs> but maybe we do so who knows uh this is a, t- a question by 
Tanel Lewis, she asked a question about the vibrational state, which is really interesting. She she asked the question, what is what is the about the what is the, what what do I feel the vibrational state is? And um, this is a really interesting one because this is something that I have been experiencing a lot more lately. Um, since I, especially when I had, I've, I feel like I've went through a much more greater expanded spa, awareness. But after I had the Kundalini awakening, and even there's times now when, so if you guys don't know basically what the the vibrational state is, it's basically where there's many different spins and turns on this, and many different forms of theories around it. But basically, for me, my experience of the vibrational state is where I will just be sort of sitting. I could just be sitting doing this podcast now. And every single cell in my body would feel like it's it's sort of vibrating and moving. And there's also other symptoms and what I've experienced that come with that as well. Maybe I've had it in my my ears have rang. Um I've also felt sort of heat on the on the lower part of my back. I felt the Kundalini energy going through my body. I felt pulsating on my pineal gland. There's many different things that can happen with it, but basically it's when all the cells in your body start vibrating. And for me, when I have experienced this, the more that I have surrendered to that experience and not panicking, because I think it's key to not panic when this when this vibrational state happens in the body, I've been learning to use my breath to sort of guide it through my body and just relax and become and become the witness of it. Because I'm still I'm still learning, trying to learn fully what it is. I'm learning. I need to do more research into to more mythology around it what can what is the potential of that vibrational energy what is it trying to to teach us and tell us but at times one of the conclusions that i've got why it is occurring is because every single time it does emerge it feels like it is giving me a reminder of who we truly are that we're not these bodies we're not these minds we're something more and it's just like a little nudge by the universe to remind you that you are more powerful than you think you are but also as well there's a theory that dr loris sorry that ramdas says that it is just a reminder of your home calling you, like the sort of the spiritual essence of who we truly are, is calling us all back to become true in true alignment with that energy. So that's interesting theory as well. I've also as well just to add to that, I've also felt this vibrational energy when I have been around certain people. As you know, I'm constantly interacting with many different people all the time, doing these conversations and podcasts. And there's been times where I've come face to face with certain individuals and my once I interact with them, my vibrational energy starts going crazy and wild. So there's sort of a, like a human element on it where interactions with other people can affect it as well. So there's there's a lot going on for sure, to say the least. But if it does, if that state does come up, all I can say is try to breathe and relax and enjoy the ride. <laughs> so that's obviously sort of answers a little bit of the next question. So st- uh, I think that says I think it's Stephen Adams. I think it is, or Steph or Stephine. I'm not too sure. Sorry about that. But basically, asked the question. I think it's Stephen. Stephen asked the question: Have you run anyone that talks about the ringing you can hear in your ear when you are silent? So, like I said prior to that, about the question about the vibrational state. Sometimes when you in you can have these moments where your ears start ringing, and I do feel that. I do feel, what I feel that is, I've tried to do some research and I couldn't find much research into it. But one of my theories that I have about sort of, about the the example of the ears ringing, 
I feel that there's an interesting transition that happens between sort of our our deeper spiritual essence and sort of the physical body. I think at times there is sort of like an interplay going on between our true energetic force and also the human body. And when I've had these experiences, it, it's sort of like the the body has its own self mechanism to to just to sort of to to get you is is a sort of a little not a not a not a, I wouldn't not a, the right words not a warning but just sort of a little bit of a little bit of a nudge to to get you ready that that's that the body is is going to do something or something is going to sort of happen and i think that maybe just maybe this is just something that this is a theory that i have anyway is maybe that in the past um maybe we have de-evolved from them senses within our body and maybe it's just a little bit it, it's just something that we don't quite understand yet where the where the the vibrational state and the, the our more en- our energetic selves have sort of lost lost touch with to, lost touch with the the biological self and maybe in the past that it was just sort of a, a sort of a mechanism that happened with with through, through the merging of the body and the energetic state if that makes sense but i do feel that i do feel that um that maybe the maybe the the throughout human civilization maybe there has been different stages of evolution in them senses and the ability to understand what they were i really do feel that that cultures in the past were in, like the in, the original ancients, like the Mayans and the Egyptians. They were more aware of them, sort of them spiritual, the sort of the spiritual guides and the spiritual senses within the self. And as humanity has has sort of gone where we've gone, we went through a period where them have de-evolved. But I do feel that people are starting to feel more of these sensations now within the body because, like the ringings of ringing of ears and stuff. Um, the sensations of the vibrational state in the body because the consciousness on the planet maybe is starting to rise. I really do feel that. And maybe we are going to change and the planet is going from, like Dolores Cannon says, the planet, planet is go, start, going to go into 5D frequency and um, the whole frequency of the planet is going to change and maybe we'll start feeling more of these experiences. Maybe we will have more synchronicities because a lot lately in my life, or especially over the last couple of months, as all this madness has been going on, I've been having so many amazing experiences of synchronicities. So, so who, so who, who, who knows with that one anyway? Just checking the timer on the record. I want to see how long I was do, been going for. Because sometimes I can go on tangents and run, run away with these things. So this is a, this is another interesting question. Um, this is a, a question by someone called Kirsty. She asked the question, "What things are you currently researching at the moment?" So this is a really big one for me because I'm always just like you guys are. I said earlier, we are constantly always researching into new topics all the time. And at the moment, I'm really interested in the cycles of consciousness. I really do feel that there is a lot going on on the planet from a physical and a, and a whatever word you want to put on it, a spiritual sense, a metaphysical sense, that there's a lot of players moving constantly on this, on this, this crazy ride that we're in. And I'm really interested and fascinated by these different cycles that the ancient cultures in the past predicted that they said that I spoke about this a few times in the podcast how civilization would 
would go through a, a, a period of a lower state of mind and then eventually would go to a higher state of mind, a higher state of consciousness and evolve a new mind on the planet. And these cycles permeate through all out history. So, and I'm really fascinated by how these cycles of consciousness interact with sort of the physical cycles of the planets and stuff because there's a lot of evidence support and now that 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 maybe there is bigger un bigger cycles in the universe that we, we we are not quite aware of and the ancients knew about that interlink from a, from a physical perspective to do with planets moving but also interact with consciousness and there is much bigger larger cycles going on than we have led to believe so i'm really fascinated and in looking into that i'm also really fascinated at the moment and being interested in looking at um the um the etheric the etheric i kind of pronounce it the etheric realm in the pyramids so i had a conversation with todd akamesis and um we we went we we did, went away to do some wild camping together and he was telling me a story about how when he was out in an out-of-body experience that he came across an etheric realm like a metaphysical realm in the king's chamber in egypt which i think's can mind blown to say the least but he said that he wasn't the one who discovered it he said that many minds like um i can't remember the guy he said now but there's a famous guy anyway who was really interested in this sort of stuff in the past who came across the etheric realm in the pyramids so i'm really trying to find some information on that and really interested in looking into what is really going on there because i really do feel that these ancient pyramids aren't just working on a physical level. I really do feel that these ancient structures around the world are working on a sort of a deeper level that we just we, we just can't quite see at the moment or we don't understand. And not only did they embed messages within these structures on a on a physical sense by leaving certain messages, which they, they certainly do, they certainly have done, maybe they left messages on sort of a, a metaphysical level and only when certain people... When certain people are ready, they will see them. Or when certain people develop the skills within themselves, they'll find them. Because I really do feel that that a lot of the secrets in the universe are only you can only find them when you are ready. And I remember when Anthony Peake spoke about this on the podcast a while ago, and he said that if you were to look for the secrets in the universe, where would you look for them? You wouldn't they wouldn't put them on the moon because eventually unlawful men would find them you wouldn't put them underneath the ocean because eventually unlawful men would find them the only place that you would put the secrets of the universe is you would embed them inside the minds of every single human being and only when they are ready they will find their truth for themselves and uh who knows if i really do think that the egyptians were aware of these inner dimensions within within the human mind and consciousness and have they sort of seeded something on a metaphysical level that we don't we cannot fully comprehend because i am not in a position now anymore to to dismiss anything over the last few years my mind has been blown on many different levels of of our own potential i thought that there was levels to our potential but at the minute my doors of perception are just constantly getting blown open again and again and my wonders of the world are just every single day i just have some crazy experiences and i'm just like fucking hell this is absolutely with the most craziest and insane um, and beautiful ride that has ever ever been created so they're the two they're the, probably the two things that i am focusing on at the minute and looking into it's constantly evolving for me i'll one of you guys always sent you guys always send me interesting stuff to look at and i always check them out we no one knows anything i, th I really feel that 
this journey is all about that. I have a lovely quote that I like, and it says that the more I know, the more I, th- the more, I, the more, the more, I th- the more information I know, the more I don't know. And I really do, I really do find that the more we know, we more we don't know. So if you guys have any recommendations of topics I can look into, please put them in the comments or send them over to us. Um, we are all on a learning journey. We're all evolving. So I think that's all I'm going to say for this first Q&A. There is still, I mean, I've got a huge document here. I know I rambled on on each question because I really want to try and give my best for each question. But there is still a whole folder here of loads of questions that I will eventually get around to. Like I said, I will get around to them. Even if I'm in Zimmer, Zimmer frame in 100 years' time, I will get around to them, I promise you. So I hope you like that anyway. If you have also have some more questions that you want to send in and some questions that you want some more clarity on or some things that you want attacking, I will send them over to us via my Instagram, which is I am Dan Harrison, or send them over via the Send Podcast website contact form. You can also use the Send Podcast Facebook page. And eventually I will get around to them and I will tack all your questions in these episodes of Observe My Thoughts. So I hope you like that. If you can, Find it in your heart, support the podcast through the Patreon page or the one-off donation option. And just to give you guys a little bit of a heads up, I'm really planning on once once um this once the sort of once I can do a bit more traveling, that some of the guests that I that I have got planned and lined up are going to absolutely blow your mind. So anyway, I love you all. Peace out. Thanks so much for checking out that podcast. Hope you liked that episode of Observe My Thoughts, Q&A style. If you have any questions for future ones, please send them over. I'm sure you'll find a way. If you can, check out the one-off donation do- donation option in the Patreon page. Really helps me to keep doing what I'm doing. So anyway, I love you all. And just to play this Observe My Thoughts out as I always do, this song is by my friend. He's a really cool up-and-coming artist. I've played his song before on the podcast, but this is another one of his new ones. It is called Planting Seeds, and the artist is called Josh Ryan. So enjoy this song by Josh Ryan, Planting Seeds. Peace out. Manipulating water with any technique you like But I can tell you that it won't bend So does that mean that the earth is flat? Look, I ain't saying that it is I'm just discussing through a broke lens The truth is, we don't know the truth But no documentaries or photographs could ever show when How and why this is the way it is Like, didn't you see the proof? Nah, I seen the way that they can take the piss Have you programmed from little kids? You better take that with a pinch of flipping salt G, it's hit and miss Some food for thought, yeah I meditate so there's room for more yeah, of me and how I really feel inside Don't let them take up all the room in yours, you be sure Looking at you to me is powerful You're my reflection, we got mirrors in our sockets like an owl does And don't be telling me there's nothing left That can change your situation bro, I'm telling you an owl could 
Nah, allow the books There's a solution to your problem But you might not get it out of books Because the truth is written deep within That's why they're occupying you With what's external and you're out of luck No more Are we controlled by them patterns of them old thoughts I hear them say we got a lot to learn I say we got a lot to unlearn first Don't be so sure in the winter got me charging on that cold floor Lack of sunshine has got our spirit and our soul torn You say you don't believe in a miracle And you don't care to know more But look around girl You're in a 3D dimension in a body with a soul core